Hello, everyone. Welcome to you. This is another episode of Budget Podcast. I am Nancy Odimego. Good to have you join us. Recently, President Mamadubari presented the proposed 2022 budget to the National Assembly. To help us make sense of its details, we'll be having the head research and policy advisory of budget, Abel Akeni, as well as senior analyst Inyobong Usen. They are going to be taking us through the analysis of the proposed budget. Good to have you join us, guys. Yeah, thank you, Nancy. Hi, Abel. How are you doing? Hi, Nancy. Hello, Inyobong. It's good to be with you guys once again. Thank you for joining us. So, um, today we are just going to focus on the proposed budget for 2022. Um, just give us a rundown of the critical things that we need to note. So, let's start with you, Abel. Great. Um, first and foremost, I think um, we should start by commending um, the federal government. Okay. Um, there are critical areas where we think the federal government is doing very well, um, and there are areas where we would like to see um, a lot more improvement. Um, starting from areas for commendation, I would say that the government has done very well by releasing the budget proposal very early um, and putting it out on the budget office website um, as early as it did. Um, so this gives both citizens and the National Assembly adequate time for um, public um, scrutiny um, to look through the budget plans and actually um, raise alarm where there are suspicions of potential um, loopholes for fraud mm -hmm. um, and also uh, highlight issues that have not yet been captured in the budget so that appropriate provisions um, can, can be made. Um, so I think that's a very good thing to comment um, the, the president about. Um, but uh, beyond that, I would say um, there are other aspects of the budget that um, have not done so well. Um, so if you think about it, um, we are going to be spending about 16 trillion, um, 16 trillion, 16.39 trillion. Yeah. Um, of that amount, we are projecting to raise um, just 10 trillion in revenue. Um, so that gives you a very large deficit. Um, the deficit is as large as about six trillion, mm. um, which will push the country to borrow um, that much um, from from the um, different lenders. So that that's a cause for concern, and it's something that needs to be um, looked at. Um, and then we have. Um, the breakdown of the revenue projections um, amounts to be to come in from oil and non-oil revenue. Okay. Um, for the non-oil component, there are some um, projections that are heartwarming, um, but there are also projections that um, maybe besides reality, um, if you look at the um, performance of the country over time when it comes to revenue, um, I don't think we've done as high as uh, five trillion in the past right so yeah. um, if we've not done that high and suddenly you're projecting about 10 trillion um, how are you going to make um, or raise that amount of money, money yes. um, when um, you've really not done up to half of that amount um, at least in the last six years mm -hmm. of your administration what are you going to do differently to achieve it um, it's important to let nigerians um, know um, that aspect um, so i think i should also mention um, that uh, one of the things that or one of the reasons why citizens need to pay attention to this year's budget is that it's the last next full year's year budget. oh sorry next year's budget yes. is that it's the last full year 
budget of Mr. President's administration. Okay. Um, and it's also a budget that is coming in um, an election year. Hmm. Um, and if you know the thing with Nigerian politicians, when <laughs> the administrations are about to end, um, as we saw with the previous administration before Buhari came in, there is the possibility that a lot of the political appointees of Mr. President will want to maximize um, their time um, and sign potentially um, inflated or frivolous yeah. contracts. Um, and so, so there's just a heightened risk for corruption, mm. um, given um, the importance and significance of that year in the political calendar of um, both political parties. All right, so so thank you very much. Now let's move over to Eni. Let's have Eni on this one. Your team uh, raised concern about the NDDC aspect of the federal government budget. So can you shed more light on this issue? So um, the NDDC was um, or is an interventionist agency that was set up to address this, the socio-economic um, needs of the per of the persons in Niger Delta, okay. you know, stemming from a lot of the socio-economic environmental damage, you know, that has resulted from the exploration and development of of um, oil and gas assets in the Niger Delta. Yes. But what we've seen over time is that this agency that was set up as a tool for development has been a vehicle for. Um, under development over time and a cesspool mm. of corruption. Mm. So, apart from the um, usual statutory allocation that accrues to that particular um, agency for the development of the Niger Delta annually, yeah. um, there's legislation that mandates oil companies to remit 3% of their annual budgets to the NDDC. And over time, we've had very little visibility, transparency on these funds that have accrued to the NDDC over time. So you walk, you know, across the length and breadth of the Niger Delta, and what you see are abandoned projects by the NDDC littered all over the place. So that the NDDC has not, you know, been able to carry out its mandate of development, you know, and sort of provide value for money for the people of the Niger Delta. And in this year's budget, the 2022 budget, we've seen that very little has been done to show how the average of 198 billion naira, which has accrued to the NDDC as um, 3% company payment over the la between 2017 and 2019, you know, displayed in the budget, right? If you look at the budget of the NDDC in this 2022 appropriation act, you would see that there was no breakdown you know of the projects the activities that the NDDC you know has sought to embark on in the 2022 year and what what, what does this do it leaves a lot of room for corruption okay as we can see with what happened with the with the um probe you know with the NDDC at the in the house of uh, reps last year where um there were revelations that the NDDC spent about 1.5 billion naira as, um, on palliatives for senior um, members of, of senior members of staff of the NEDC, right? So if there was a budget, you know, for this huge revenue that accrues to the NDDC, you would not have, you know, have a, you would not have had a situation where um, the NDDC would have allocated the sum of 1.5 billion naira, you know, as palliatives <laughs> for you know members or members ranked high in the management 
off of the NDDC. So we are calling for for visibility transparency, okay. you know, as it regards the utilization of company payments by the NDDC um, in the 2022 budget. Uh, I think the NDDC um, problem is a very serious one with the budget, especially because um, we have um, a situation where it's not only NDDC we see this problem um, occurring at. Um, it's bad enough that there's no breakdown for the NDDC budget, but that's not where it stops. There is more than one trillion naira uh, across different types of projects for which the government will spend money in 2022, which the government has not included in the 2022 budget proposal for public debate. Um, beyond the NDDC, you have expenditures on petrol subsidy. Um, we saw that within six months in 2021 alone, the government has spent over 540 um, billion naira. Uh, on subsidy. Now, what are the estimates for 2022 and why is it not being put out for debate? How does the government arrive at the figure to spend on subsidy? And this is not us uh, accusing the government of fraud outrightly, but the truth remains that once there is opacity in how it arrives at its calculations and the um, details are left to just a few men and women, uh, there is always the risk for corruption as we saw in the subsidy scandals um, of time past. Another, another aspect um, that also needs to be accounted for in the 2022 budget is payment for electricity subsidy. Um, it's important that the government accounts for um, how much it intends to spend um, on, on, on electricity subsidy. From data available in 2019, um, the government spent over 500 billion um, subsidizing electricity for Nigerians. I think it's important for a figure that large, it's important for the government to annually include the estimates and subject it to public scrutiny. And the government even stands more to benefit because ultimately more Nigerians will be aware that their electricity is being subsidized because if you walk up to the average nigerian and say hey you're paying um, lesser than the market value of your electricity um, the government is subsidizing for you not many people are even aware of that but we have hundreds of billions um be, be, being poured in that in that direction so what are the trends right some of the trends now in nigeria's deficit okay uh so to start with i would say for the um, deficit. I think I mentioned earlier on that we have a six trillion um, naira oh, deficit, yes, um, and if you think about it, about eighty percent of this funding for the deficit will come from borrowed funds. So the government will have to borrow about five trillion naira um, to to finance um, that deficit, which is the difference between its estimated revenue yeah. um, and uh, um, its total expenditure. The five trillion naira that the government is going to borrow intends to borrow in twenty twenty two is equivalent to the um, total budget for the country uh, for the federal government in 2015 and it's more than five times what the government borrowed in 2015 according to the budget implementation report so that is five times so what we borrowed in 2015 the government is not only going to double it or triple it it wants to borrow five times that amount so that's how large um, the deficit is for 2022 and it's something that should concern um, Nigerians it's something Nigerians should look into um, and, and identify if there are actually um, 
bogus projects or inflated projects that are pushing the amount of money um, this far. And this is not to say, um, in the grand scheme of things, that 16 trillion naira is a lot. As a matter of fact, if the government really spends up to 30 trillion, that would be welcome. But are they spending this money on um, projects that benefit the masses, or are they spending it on inflated contracts and inflated projects that will go into the pockets of um, private individuals? Um, but beyond that, uh, once you borrow about five trillion in a single year, um, some of these funds you may want to take them from um, for foreign lenders, um, and you expose the country increasingly to risks from exchange rate volatility. And what do we mean by that? Um, the currency, Nigerian's currency, is currently very weak. Um, the naira to ex, the the naira to um, dollar exchange rate is about um, 410 naira to a dollar. Even though um, in the black market it's trading as high as about 580. Um, if you rewind or you go back memory lane about six years, there was a time when um, the naira to dollar was trading at about 150 naira to, to a dollar so my point is if you had taken a loan of one million dollars then you would need just about 150 million naira to pay back that loan but if you still owe that money by um as of today 2021 you would need 410 million naira to pay back the same amount of um, loan um, so in essence your debt burden has um, shot up as a result of the volatile exchange rate yes. without necessarily adding any value um, to to the nigerian people um, so in reality increasing the total debt profile of the country especially if they are going to rely on foreign debt increases the country's risk um, from, from exchange rate volatility. And then if they're going to take a lot of um, it from domestic debt, what we would have is a situation where um, the government is essentially crowding out um, the private sector and it's essentially crowding out um, small entrepreneurs because what is happening is that it will be competing um, for borrowed funds um, with, with entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs also need money from the capital market, from the banks. Um, they need money um, to run their business to operate their working capital and if you have the government your government also needing as much as five trillion um, extra, extra yes. uh, the total amount of money um, that's available to be distributed both amongst the government and amongst private entrepreneurs is significantly reduced so entrepreneurs will be crowded out there'll be less money available for businesses um, to thrive um, and that's not a very good or uh, healthy um, thing if we really want to um, promote small businesses um, and medium-sized businesses um, in in the long run um, one of the things we also need to consider is how sustainable some of all these debts are uh, yes. um, and for us we think that you are having or a country is having debt sustainability problem when it is struggling um, to service that debt um, and by servicing the debt we mean um, the amount of money the country will pay in terms of interest due to um, the lenders from which it took this money um, and if you see the pattern over time Nigeria is already beginning um, to, to struggle um, with paying our servicing our debt I think in 2016 we were spending about half of our revenue um, which is to be precise about 46 percent of our revenue um, just to service our debt then as of 2020 that money had gone up to about 97.7 percent so we're spending nearly 97 percent of our revenue just to service past debt what that meant is that you had less than three percent of the all the revenue the government made in that year available for capital infrastructure uh, and available uh, and available for recurrent expenditures for paying salaries for paying pensions so the government had to borrow 
to pay pensions in 2020 and the government had to borrow to finance all its roads projects is the bridges it built and things like that so the implication of accumulating more debt when you have um, limited revenue capacity is that you ultimately have to spend nearly all of your revenue uh, um, servicing past debts and you get yourself into what they always refer to as a debt trap uh, because ultimately you're, bo you're, you're spending your revenue to service past debts meaning that you now need to even borrow more if you need to embark on any meaningful project in a particular year so um we think those are the risks concerning um concerning um the the deficit and if you think about it nigeria doesn't exactly have a problem with laws um there are fiscal regulations and laws that should prevent these types of situations from, from happening. happening um if you look at the uh, i think section 12 subsection 1 of the fiscal responsibility act passed in 2007 um you'll find out that the government or the or the law actually stipulates that your borrowing should not exceed three percent of the gdp the gross domestic product of the country but what you have that the president has proposed for 2022 is that the amount of money it intends to borrow is 3.39 um, percent of the gdp so the government has essentially breached the threshold yes. that's meant to safeguard the country from running into further um, debt traps so um, this administration has breached that's silly um, and, and it's something for for all nigerians to be concerned about so so thank you so much abel now let's look at this um revenue projection right what the federal government has planned for the budget is 16.39 trillion era and what they've said that they are going to generate in terms of revenue is 10 trillion era what do you think any what do you think about this particular figure i, I know that abel has spoken a lot yes. about revenue so i'll just add a little to yes it. if you look at the trend over the over time, right? Nigeria has never raised up to six trillion naira in revenue. So, so why would they put what, ten what trillion naira? What would be for raising ten trillion yeah. naira in 2021? You know, it leaves a lot. Sorry, 2022. in 2022, rather, <laughs> there's a lot you know left to be desired. And what does that mean? It would mean that um, the government would now need to borrow more to be able to fund public expenditure. Yeah, and because there is actually zero plan in the budget for for getting an overdraft from the CBN, right? So the CBN now, um, the, the federal government now results to um, going over the threshold, which the law allows, you know, to get overdraft from the CBN. Okay. Because according to the CBN Act, the federal government is only allowed to borrow 5% of the previous year's revenue from the CBN as overdraft, okay. right? But the trend we have seen over the last couple of years is that the federal government always ends up borrowing over 50 percent of the previous year's revenue from the cbn as overdraft overdraft and these these sort of borrowings have not been captured in the 2022 budget or even in the previous year's budget right and this sort of borrowing also has not been captured as part of nigeria's debt profile hmm. so there's that risk for borrowing from what i would call irregular sources because um the fiscal space doesn't envisage that you would go outside the regular you know um vehicles or measures for borrowing by going to get an overdraft um from the from the cbn because this would usually have inf an inflationary effect you know um on the economy and so many other macroeconomic um consequences um so in terms of 
the um, revenue aspirations of the federal government, if you if you you use the benefit of hindsight, you can you know sort of categorically say that the federal government would definitely not be able to meet up with the projections for for um 2022. And, um, let okay. me briefly interject here a bit. I'm just compliment what um Ine has said. Uh, Beyond the effect on debt um, and borrowing from um, the CBN more than it's anticipated, um, one of the biggest effects that would have um, on the fiscal space is that you have a situation where you have promised MDAs and um, Nigerians that you're going to spend or you're going to get 10 trillion. Yes. Now, these MDAs are going to enter into contracts and embark on projects with the anticipation that 10 trillion naira is coming and then you're going to borrow 5 trillion to complement it now even if you successfully borrow 5 trillion and then you have a problem with raising up to 10 trillion mm -hmm. now he has also mentioned that he has mentioned that you have to borrow to complete the you have to borrow more than you anticipated to complete that 10 trillion now in the event that you're unable to find uh, lenders to advance you that money yes. what you would face is a situation where the country would not be able to pay some of the contractors um, which have entered into contracts with the yes. mdas yes. and then you would have more abandoned projects um, across across the country and this has been one of the key reasons why the country has had more than 11 1,800 abandoned projects um, in the last 40 years because every year the government comes up with revenue projections that um, are not um, that it's unable to attain. Um, ultimately, it misses the target, um, and then contractors are left hanging because there's no money to pay them. And many of these contracts um, end up maybe the money ends up being siphoned or the projects are completely abandoned. And let's also keep in mind um, 2022 is an election campaign year, um, so a lot of the MDAs um, and a lot of unscrupulous politicians will be looking at maximizing uh, that opportunity so you would have many of them signing all sorts of contracts um, you have many political contractors trying to cash out um, before their tenors um, expire so that, that that's something to be to be concerned about and if I'm going to stay a bit more on the, the revenue yeah, um, problem, right um, the 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 10 trillionaire the government is projecting 10 trillionaire um, to be achieved now, one of the things we've seen over the years is that there are significant leakages in the system mm. you get which always prevents the government from hitting its target um, i think earlier in the year we had the fiscal responsibility commission actually come up and say 33 agencies were not remitting about 1.2 trillion um, to the coffers of the federal government so if you have 33 agencies who are powerful enough not to remit revenue that has come into the government right um, and no action was taken okay. against the heads of those agencies yes. what is the guarantee that nigerians have that in 2022 we won't see a repeat of similar behavior um, and if we see a repeat of similar behaviors where um, some mdas are holding the country to um, ransom how does the government really intend to hit this huge 10 trillion um, naira target it, it has projected and let's also keep in mind that some of the projections the government has made in the past specific components um, have performed woefully but if we take a component like um, say stamp duties um, which they now call i think electronic um, levy now yes. Um, so for stamp duties, I think in 2021, they projected to raise about 500 billion um, from stamp duties. And if you prorate it from January to um, August, um, that's a projection of about 333 billion. But as at August, the government was only able to raise 9.8 billion 
from the projected 333 billion. So that's less that's than three yeah. percent. I mean, it's just a it's just a tiny drop in the ocean, right? So if you are performing so poorly on a revenue line item for which you anticipate to get 500 billion, right? Um, what's the confidence that Nigerians have? that your revenue projection figures in the next year 2022 will be any different what are you doing differently to prevent this situation from happening um in 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 the next forthcoming year so th- these are some of our concerns concerning the okay. um, revenue thank you thank you so much Ewa. so are there any other issues that you know cause for concern in the budget any um one of the things that of great concern to accountability actors like budget right are actually the priorities of government. I know you have been following the news in the last couple of days, you know, with the budget defense going on mm-hmm. at the, at the National, National Assembly, Assembly. Yeah. where you have competing competing needs for, for limited resources and you are not able to prioritize expenditure. Why should you, you know, be seeking to borrow $200 million to buy mosquito nets, right? In an, in an era where you know, revenues are very difficult to come by, right? So we've seen a situation where it would look like the government is telling everybody to sort of tighten their belt, mm-hmm. but our appetite for what I would call inanities, right, have, has not reduced as a government. Just yesterday also, the Senate also had also um, refused um, the advances of government to borrow uh, about over 200 billion naira for water projects across the country. So that the ability of the government to prioritize in the face of you know dwindling resources from, from several sources seems to be a very critical issue. One other issue we also raised earlier in the course of the conversation is also around um, petroleum subsidy, right? Where um, revenues at the NMPC should have remitted um, to the federation account yeah. for onward disbursements to several subnational units, yes. right, have been used to pay for um, for subsidy, and there has been very little transparency on what exactly the country consumes, you know, on a daily basis. For us to know for a fact if what is being reported as um, fuel subsidy payments actually are what it is, mm-hmm. because what is, you know. In what the implications for this is that there's very little remaining in the post for onward disbursement to several subnational units. Yes. So states are not able to car- carry out critical expenditures, you know, in critical um, social sectors of their um, respective economies. Right? Education, the education sector suffers. You know, health suffers. Agriculture suffers. You know, and economic activities in a lot of these states will not be able to be stimulated sort of to boost the gdp and you know the states can actually generate enough re- revenues also to to spend in, in these respective states yeah. um Abel, i don't know if you have other um issues, issues for, for concerns also but maybe okay um, so i think one of the things i will add that um, is a cause for concern is um fragmentation of um, the capital projects or the capital budgets in the country uh, we see that if you look at the budget, um, we have over 14,000 different capital projects to be implemented. 
um, some of them as little as uh, two million naira, five million naira. Now, when you fragment um, a budget or a capital spending plan that's mm-hmm. already very little, um, there is a limit to how much impact um, that budget can ultimately um, have. And we've seen situations where um, some of these capital projects uh, are suffering from what we call capital budget padding, um, meaning that. Uh, many of these projects, if you unpack them, they are in reality not capital in nature. Um, I think last year in the 20 or this year in 2021 budget, um, we we observed that there were about 112 um, project line items that were captured as capital projects, worth about 2.8 billion. But in reality, these were allocations for meetings, for conferences, um, for different MDAs. So how do you? capture um, a conference as a capital project um, and expect the masses to have confidence in that um, budget how do you capture um, how do you capture board meetings how do you capture board meetings um, as capital projects so we've seen those situations also repeating themselves um, in, in the 2022 proposed budget you have provisions for quarterly interaction with the foreign media and the PRO lobby for about 48 um, million naira captured as a capital project in one of the agencies um, then you have um, several instances um, like that so um, capital project padding is also um, a big concern to be concerned with the um, 2022 budget um, and if i move on from capital um, padding or capital project padding i think another critical issue we would um, touch on is the problem of inflated um, contracts okay. uh, we have situations where monies that should be spread across more projects um, are concentrated um, in a few potentially for the benefit um, of a of a few individuals and i'll give one example very quickly before we move on mm-hmm. and it has to do with the presidential wing of the state house medical center all right now the state house medical center um, we all know our president has had health issues but unfortunately um, as is typical of everything nigeria for six years uh, he has been unable to complete the presidential wing um, in the state house medical center and as of 2019 um, the budget had requested for 395 million um, to complete the construction of just the presidential wing um, in 2020 they also requested for 416 um, million to complete that same presidential wing Mm. in 2021 they requested for 1 billion um, to complete the presidential wing of the hospital now in 2022 proposed budget they are now requesting for 21.9 billion to complete that same presidential wing so such an astronomical jump from 395 um, million to 21.9 billion is a huge jump that um, we are struggling to justify um, why it will take that amount of money just to complete a wing of the state house medical center um, and this does not even include cost for equipments um, to 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 furnish um, and yes, equip yes, um, the, the wing this is just cost for construction and it's a cost for concern for us because um, the president just has um, a few months from the end of 2022 to leave um, so how what does he want to achieve with the presidential wing with 21 billion that he was unable to do since the beginning of the tenure yes. and nigerians have reasons legitimate ones to be concerned about this because this is an election campaign year and if the presidency is requesting for 21 billion
billion just to complete a wing for which they've been unable to do in the last six years it's, it's an expenditure um, that we think um, nigerians need to look at and we think the national assembly needs to cut that um, expenditure down to size um, and allocate just what is necessary um, to, to complete it so you have instances like this across um, the budget across different mdas uh, where you have projects that should be implemented with x naira um, um, you have 10 or 20 times that amount of money allocated to, to, to such projects project. so, so those are some of the concerns we have with the budget okay so before i let both of you go let's talk about sectorial analysis right so what is the spread of allocation uh, okay so if i talk about the spread of allocations across um, um the different sectors um, i would say it's um pretty fair um but um the largest chunk of the expenditure so far we've seen is going to um security um, security is taking a large chunk of the expenditures. Then you also have um, some decent amount of money going to um, health okay. um, and also um, to, to education. education yeah. To education. Um, and there are good allocations for the um, implementation of the new poverty eradication strategy. Um, but the concern with a lot of those is if the allocations will be used um, judiciously. Okay. Um, so, so by and large, um, there, there have been some fair allocations um, across across the different sectors. Uh, we would wish that certain allocations, certain sectors have um, more money, um, like the health and the education. Mm -hmm. But let's keep in mind that the country also has a revenue crisis, uh, and it's not raising as much. Um, as its capacity or mm, as, as it should, should be able yes. um, to raise. Um, so by and large, it, it, there's, a, there's a fair spread of um, allocations across um, the sectors, broadly um, speaking, the highest being security. And again, this is not to be pessimistic. Mm -hmm. um, there is a concept called conflict entrepreneurship, right? Um, and what it means is that once there's more money flowing um, to a particular region for a particular purpose, right? Even if it's for a conflict, there is a risk that that conflict will never come to an end because there are different state and non-state actors that are making um, significant amount of money from, um, the from, from the conflict. Those who are um, supplying arms and ammunition, those who are supplying maybe services in the war zone. Yes. Uh, there are people who would want these conflicts to go on for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. So that's also a big risk. You have about 2.5 trillion um, going to security, which is police, um, um, defense, immigration, um, yes. and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and we know that some of the, the war against Boko Haram has um, gone on for more than a decade, uh, and, and not just Boko Haram against different extremists. Insurgents um, general. Against, yeah, insurgents in general. So um, a concern for us or a problem for Nigerians to think through is how does Nigeria win itself of that war so we can free up some of the allocations going, going to security through, yes. um, for other developmental um, projects because what we've seen is that the more money this administration pumps into security the worse um, it gets uh, and a question nigerians would want may want to ask themselves is do you feel safer now than you felt um, six years ago um, do your kids feel safe uh, when they leave the house and head to schools? Mm -hmm. um, are you at peace when your kids are learning at school or are you scared that you'll be kidnapped? You'll find out that um, the situation has worsened um, over, time. over time. So I think the country needs to rethink um, the strategy with which it implements um, the funding allocated to um, some, of these, um, some of these sectors. Um, and in 
a lot of the sectors specifically for infrastructure mm-hmm. um, across um, construction of roads, water, uh, and other components that make up the infrastructure sector. Um, they'll be getting, I think, about 1.2 trillion um, for implementation of different projects. Um, but from our um, causary overview of the um, line items for some of those MDAs, uh, we think that there are projects that um, can be implemented through PPPs and public-private partnerships okay. that should be able to free up the little revenue left for critical um, projects in, in, in the respective sectors. And I, I give an example here. Um, we have a budget um, in one of the ministries for construction of um, driver, and de- driver development centers across six geopolitical zones um, for about three billion naira, so which is just a glorified name for driver training school <laughs> right um, so why should the government be spending about three, three billion, billion yes. on constructing driving schools across six geopolitical zones when it could get uh, different private sector actors um, to basically um, sort sort that out. Wow. So um, we think there should be more efforts um, as it concerns um, collaboration with the private sector to implement some of these projects um, as opposed to governments um, wanting to do um, nearly everything from the thin revenue um, that it has allocated. Yeah. Alright, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Abel. Abel is the Head Research and Policy Advisory and we equally had a senior analyst uh, with budget in your bank, Usain. Thank you so much, Ine. Yeah, thank you, Nancy. Yeah, thank you Thank you for joining us in the conversation today. That was a quick run and analysis of the proposed 2022 budget. You can keep your observations and comments coming in on our social media handle. On Twitter, it's at BudgetNG. On Facebook, it's BudgetNG. And on Instagram, it's also BudgetNG. I am Nancy. Until next time, do have a wonderful day.